Good afternoon. It is a joy and a blessing to be here today. Uh, it's beautiful, snowy weather outside. Kept a, a few people from being here today, but I'm thankful for the spiritual family that we have here, the time that we have that we're able to be encouraged together. I want us to consider for a moment today the topic of light uh, and darkness, this illustration that's really used throughout the Bible, Old Testament, New Testament. We see uh, even from the very beginning, God spoke light into existence. His, his first expression of himself uh, is to declare light into the world. And this idea of, of light and darkness throughout the scripture illustrates to us many different things like uh, righteousness and lawlessness, purity and corruption, truth and falsehood, good and evil. You know, Star Wars was not the, the originator of this idea of the light side and the dark side. Uh, th this is a, a concept or an illustration used even from the very beginning of time. In 1 John chapter 1 and verse 5, we read, God is light, and in him there is no darkness at all. Uh, we just sang that in the song that we sang. But then later on in that same passage, verse 7, it says, Walk in the light as he himself is in the light. So what I want us to consider today is what does it mean to walk in the light? We just read that in this passage in Ephesians 5 as, as well in verse 8. Walk as children of light. Now, we all understand this idea of physical light. We experience it every day, light and darkness. But, but what does that mean in a spiritual sense? Because we're not just talking about walking in physical light. What, what is spiritual light within the Bible? And what, what does that indicate to us? How can we fulfill this command to walk in the light as he is in the light? I think there's three primary different ways that the idea of light is used as an illustration throughout the scriptures, uh, illustrated by each of these pictures here. The first one that I want us to consider is the guiding light, the guiding light of God's word, uh, primarily the light of truth. In Psalm 119, verse 105, we read, your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. This idea is that the light of God's word, the truth of God's word, is able to uh, illumine our path ahead of us. We, we can't navigate the, the narrow way that leads to life in the dark. We need God to show us the way. We need the light of his word to, to open our eyes spiritually, to allow us to see more clearly the direction that, that he would have us walk. And... As we think about this idea of the, the light of truth, uh, we, we see this also in Psalm 43 and verse 3. Psalm 43 and verse 3, the psalmist writes, O send out your light and your truth. Let them lead me. Let them bring me to your holy hill and to your dwelling place. Uh, many times throughout the Psalms, throughout Hebrew poetry, we have this parallelism. Uh, we'll see two things are, are associated closely together. Where in this passage, what they are is God sending out his light, sending out his truth. His truth is what is able to guide us. In John 3, verse 21, John 3 and verse 21, John writes, But he who practices the truth 
comes to the light. What does it mean to, to walk in the light? Well, one sense, it's us practicing the truth. Walking within the truth is walking within the light. 1 John chapter 1 and verse 6. If we say we have fellowship with him and yet walk in darkness, we lie and do not practice the truth. Again, what does it mean to walk in the light? To practice the truth. And so... God, by showing us ourselves and the world around us as it actually is, as he created it, as he sees it, helps us see the path ahead of us more clearly. You might think about it this way. Uh, you know, when, when you were younger, you might have been uh, afraid of the dark. And, uh, you know, as you go to bed at night and, and the lights are turned out and there's all types of, of shadows and shapes, you know, the... Um, coat stand in the corner might look like some man standing over there and, and the clothes you know that you forgot to pick up on the floor might look like some giant spider uh, on the floor that, that's gonna crawl up under your bed or, or, or the shadows that are cast along the, the wall might you know be ghosts or whatever they might be but then you turn on the light what do you find out that's not how it is at all no th those things that you fear those things that you imagine being there that that's not how it actually is I think God's word, God's truth, helps us see the world as it actually is. Helps us see through the lies of the devil. Satan wants to distort our perception of the world. He wants to distort our perception of uh, ourselves, of what is right and what is good. 2 Corinthians chapter 4, in verse 4, talking about Satan here as, as the God or prince of this world, says in 4 and verse 4, The God of this world has blinded the minds of the unbelieving so that they might not see the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ, who is the image of God. What is Satan trying to do? He's trying to, to blind us, to keep us from seeing the light of God's image, the light of Jesus Christ. He doesn't want us to see the truth of our salvation made available to us. He wants to distort our perspective of good and evil, taint our knowledge of God, and see the world through his eyes rather than through the eyes of our almighty and loving creator. He tries to deceive us just as he deceived Eve in the beginning. Remember, what was it that he tried to blind her eyes to? As he told her, you shall not surely die, but you will become like God. He distorted her perception of reality to the point that she strayed from the path that God had set before her. And so Satan tries to tell us that God's plan is not best, that sin has more to offer, that sin is worth it. And the only way that we're going to be able to navigate through those lies is to look to the light of God's truth to guide us. We can't uh, allow ourselves to be convinced by the empty promises of the devil. We must believe in the promises and the truth of God's word to help us truly walk the path that God has set for us. But not only do we see this in the idea of the light of truth, but also simply the light of wisdom. Not only does it help us see the, the black and the white, the, the right and the wrong, uh, it helps us see the, the wise and the unwise, the foolish 
Psalm 119 and 130, verse 130, says, The unfolding of your words gives light. It gives understanding to the simple. There again, we see that parallelism, but this time it's not light and truth. It, is, it gives light and it gives understanding. It gives wisdom. It doesn't just show us what is right and wrong, but what is wise, what is of great value and profit spiritually. Um, not just the, the black and the white, but the, the degrees of, of brightness um, in our, our service to the Lord. Turn your Bibles to Romans chapter 1. Romans chapter 1, and look with me in verse 21 and 22. Notice how God describes the wickedness of the world in uh, this passage. Verse 21 and 22 of Romans 1 says, For even though they knew God, they did not honor him as God or give thanks, but they became futile in their speculations, and their foolish heart was darkened. Professing to be wise, they became fools. You know, the, the way that the, the wickedness of the world is, is described here is not just its wickedness and its corruption, but its futility. And its folly, its foolishness. Um, it is the, the way of darkness because it involves wandering around aimlessly and moral ignorance and confusion with no clear purpose or direction in life. If we don't accept the, the truth and, and the, the wisdom of God, where, where does that leave us? Well, if, if there's not a creator who put us here on earth for a reason, then life here on earth is simply an accident. And there is no purpose to life. And with no inherent purpose, there is no inherent value. Your life just becomes no more valuable than the cow or the pig that is also the product of blind chance that brought them into existence. And so without God, uh, we stray into uh, a foolishness and a futility. Jeremiah chapter 10 and verse 23. Jeremiah 10 verse 23. Jeremiah prays, I know, O Lord, that a man's way is not in himself, nor is it in a man who walks to direct his own steps. Sometimes we think we, we have a pretty good idea of of you know, our goals and our purposes and, and what we want to do in life. But at the end of the day, it's not up to us. It's not within us to guide our own steps. We, we can't be the, the potter, the guide of our own life. Being our own guide through life only ends in confusion and frustration. You know, in our society, everyone uh, many times is, is busy trying to find themselves. But really, we need to forget about finding ourselves. We need to worry about finding God. He is the light. He is where true purpose and value comes from. Proverbs 3, verse 5 and 6, we're told, Trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not lean on your own understanding. And all your ways acknowledge Him, and He will make your paths straight. Where, where does purpose, where does value, where does meaning come from? From following the path that God has set us, from leaning not on our own understanding, but allowing his understanding, his wisdom to be our guide in life. And so if we want to walk in the light, we need to be guided by God's truth. We need to be guided by God's wisdom and knowledge uh, to help us walk in the path that he has set for us. But not only do we see this idea of guiding light, 
Um, not only does the light of God shine in front of us, it's intended to shine within us, to reveal the spiritual condition of our hearts. We see this concept of an exposing light. And, and even before we see the Word of God functioning as an exposing light, we see the light of God's presence that leaves no sin hidden. Look in, in Psalm 90, Psalm 90 and verse 8. Eric actually made reference to this psalm uh, in our Bible class this morning, but in verse 8, we're told, You have placed our iniquities before you, our secret sins, and the light of your presence. Where, where does the light of God's presence shine? Everywhere. There is not any nook and cranny of the, of the universe, no dark corner where the light of God's presence is not there. There is nothing that escapes his notice, and here in this context in particular, he's talking about our sins. That whether or not our sins are exposed to the eyes of people around us, whether or not they are exposed to our own eyes, first and foremost, they're exposed to God's eyes. The light of his presence um, lays bare our sins before him. Look in Psalm 193. Psalm 193, here we see David talking about um, the all-present God, his omnipresent character. 139, I'm sorry. Did I say 193? Thank you. Yeah, you might be searching for a while for 193. Psalm 139, thank you. Uh, 139, verse 11 and 12. Here David writes, if I say, surely the darkness will overwhelm me, and the light around me will be night. Even the darkness is not dark to you, and the night is as bright as the day. Darkness and the light are alike to you. Even when it seems like we're in the dark to us. Even when it seems like nobody else knows what's going on in our lives. God's light is there. God sees where no one else does. You know, while the light of truth and wisdom are directed towards the narrow way, the light of God's presence shines in every dark corner of the earth. Hebrews 4 and verse 13 says, And there is no creature hidden from his sight, but all things are open and laid bare to the eyes of him with whom we have to do. You know, many times sin festers in the dark where you know, we, we don't think anybody is watching, where we think we're, we, we can uh, you know, fulfill this all on our own without uh, anyone knowing about it. And yet, we need to recognize that there, there is no dark. There, there is no dark corner where our sins can be hidden. To God, all is light. There is no darkness to him. Everything is open and laid bare. But exposing light is about more than being laid bare before God's eyes. The exposing light of God's word is intended to expose our sins to ourselves, to help us see what God sees within us, to recognize our guilt and shame within his presence. And we need not to resist this light of God's presence, but we need to welcome that light. We see the idea of light and conviction 
uncovering our guilt and our shame. We referenced John 3 earlier, and in John 3, verse 19 and 20, John writes, This is the judgment, that the light has come into the world, and men loved the darkness rather than the light, for their deeds were evil. For everyone who does evil hates the light and does not come to the light for fear that his deeds will be exposed. We, we can react a few different ways to this light of God's presence. We can either try to hide, we can either try to resist it, to rebel against it, to kick back, or we can welcome it. We can welcome the exposing light of God's word to, to search out every corner of our hearts and to show what's there. Though we can't hide from the light of God's presence, we often try. But there is a difference between coming to the light and the light coming to us. <laughs> we need to be those who are coming to the light, who are wanting to live within the light of God's presence, who are welcoming that. If we're going to walk as children of light, we, we can't just be laid bare before God. We need to lay ourselves bare before God. We need to open up our hearts before him, welcoming his light to expose what's inside, that we might be convicted and that we might change. Look back in Ephesians chapter 5, the passage that we read before our, our sermon. Ephesians chapter 5. And notice what we read in verse 11 and 12. Here we're commanded in verse 11, Do not participate in the unfruitful deeds of darkness, but instead even expose them. For it is disgraceful even to speak of the things which are done by them in secret. You know, exposing is not just something that God does. It's something that he has empowered us through his word to, to do on our own, to, to shine the light of his word within our hearts um, and to expose what is within. And while I think this passage here does have reference to us shining that out to the world around us and exposing um, sin for what it is, you know, but before we're ever going to be able to expose sin in the world around us, it has to start with exposing it in ourselves. This is not just a light that we shine without. Uh, in fact, first and foremost, we shine it within. Before we can take the, the speck out of our brother's eye, what do we need to do? We need to take the plank out of our own eye. We, we can't be like Adam in the garden, who when we are confronted with the light of God's presence, want, want to hide ourselves uh, and hide our shame, we, we need to be willing to lay bare our shame before the Lord that he might heal it. We need to recognize our disgrace, confess our failure. And yet, notice here in verse 12, he says, For it is disgraceful even to speak of the things which are done by them in secret. You know, the, the world does want to do a whole lot of exposing sin. A lot of people want to, to come out of the closet, want to make their sin public. But that's a whole lot different than what we're talking about here. We need to make sure that as we do expose our sin, we maintain the disgrace and the shame that we should have for that. It's not that we want to talk about our sin and, and be so, so flippant about it that it, it, it ceases to have its seriousness. Uh, and so while we do need to be open confessing our, our faults one to another, we need at, at no point to uh, lose the sense of, of guilt for those sins. And the, the way to overcome that guilt is not to downplay it. 
is not to suppress it, is not to ignore it. The way to overcome that guilt is to conquer it by God's grace. And so while we need to expose our sins, we need not to, to downplay the shame associated with them, but we need to overcome them by allowing the light of purification to chase away the darkness within our hearts. Look in verse 13 and 14 of this passage that we just read. 13 and 14 says, But all things become visible when they are exposed by the light, for everything that becomes visible is light. For this reason it says, Awake, sleeper, and arise from the dead, and Christ will shine on you. You know, we can't remain within the light for very long without conforming to the light. Um, because as the light of, of, of conviction shines on us, we either have to act upon it or we have to suppress it. You, you can't continue in a state of, of feeling convicted and not do anything about it. Either that conviction wears off or we take the proper actions. We allow God's work, uh, God's light to do its work within us. And this idea in verse 14 of, of awaking, uh, you know, when, when God's light shines in, we, we can't be the, the one who is uh, in bed trying to pull the covers over our eyes and say, no, I'm, I'm not ready to get up. I, I don't want to respond to the light. When the light of God's presence, the light of God's word shines, we need to be the one who is ready to get up and to start living in the light, to start living the way that God wants us to live. We must welcome that light and live in such a way that we do not have to be ashamed any longer. Romans 13, verse 12 through 14, we're commanded here to lay aside the deeds of darkness and put on the armor of light. It says in verse 14, behave properly as in the day. And so this light is not just something about our, our knowledge and our minds. It's something about the way we live, something about our actions. It's going to take an effect within us, transform us. In 1 Thessalonians 5, verse 4 through 8, we're, we're told here, You are all sons of light and sons of day. We are not of the night nor of darkness. So then let us not sleep as others do, but let us be alert and sober. This needs to describe our character. This needs to describe who we are, children of light, sons of light, who are living with a soberness, knowing that the day to come uh, in which all of our deeds will be exposed, whether we want them to be or not. You know, there, there, there's a reason that the bars aren't packed at 9 a.m. in the morning. There, there's a reason that people don't go to the, the clubs at the wee hours of, well, you know, later in the morning, maybe 9, 10 a.m. Because sin is often best enjoyed in the dark. When, when we don't have to, to see it for what it truly is, the, the sun is not there to reveal what our sins actually look like. And so often it is in the night, in the dark, that we feel more freedom to live out our, our sinful desires. But for Christians, th there is no night. 
We needed to live with a constant and continual awareness of the light of God's presence within our lives, always showing us our conduct and our lives as it actually is. We don't want to hide in the dark. We want God's light, his presence, his word to expose us. Luke, Luke chapter 11. If you want to turn over to Luke chapter 11, we'll look at verse 34 through 36. Here Jesus says in verse 34, the eye is the lamp of your body. When your eye is clear, your whole body also is full of light. But when it is bad, your body also is full of darkness. Then watch out that the light in you is not darkness. If therefore your whole body is full of light with no part in, uh, in it, with no part dark in it, it will be wholly illumined as when the lamp illumines you with its rays. What's Jesus saying here? The, the eye is the lamp of the body. What, what do we do with our eyes? Well, we, we take in the world around us. We, we see, we perceive with our eyes. And if the way that we see ourselves, the way that we see our sins, the way that we see our conduct from day to day is as God would have it be, if we see through the light, the, the lens of God's word, then it's going to impact our character. And yet, if we allow that vision to be clouded by the lies of the devil, if we look at our sin and our lives through his lens, through the lens of the world, it is going to darken our character. And so it is essential that we allow God's word to guide the way that we see ourselves, that we allow his light to expose what is within that all might become light in our character. But once the light has filled us within, it needs to shine without as well. And so a third way that the Bible uses this illustration is by us shining our lights to the world around us, shining the light of God's character. In Matthew chapter 5 in the Sermon on the Mount, we see this very clearly. Um, Matthew 5, starting in verse 14, we read, You are the light of the world. A city set on a hill cannot be hidden, nor does anyone light a lamp and put it under a basket. But on the lampstand, and it gives light to all who are in the house. Let your light shine before men in such a way that they may see your good works and glorify your Father who is in heaven. What's the point of this illustration? Well, the, in the illustration, both the lampstand and, and the hill has this idea of, of lifting up. We're not wanting to hide the light. We're wanting to lift it up to where it is visible to all. Well, what, what is that light that we're wanting people to see? It makes it very clear in verse 16. Let your light shine before men in such a way that they may see. What are they seeing? What is it that we're lifting up? Your good works and glorify your Father who is in heaven. And so we are trying to, to lift up our works in conformity to the, the character of God. That as we reflect his love and we reflect his holiness and his righteousness and his mercy, people will see that in our actions from day to day, that he might be glorified. And there, there's a fine line here between doing our works to be seen by men and doing our works that they may be seen and that God may be seen through them. 
that God may receive the glory. Matthew chapter 6, very, uh, later on in the same sermon, he warns us against practicing our righteousness to be seen by men. Because that's not an end within itself. It is a means towards an end. It's a means towards God being glorified. 1 Peter chapter 2, 1 Peter chapter 2 and verse 9 We're told here, you are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for God's own possession, so that you may proclaim the excellencies of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. What, what is our purpose? Why is it that, that we are a holy nation, that we're set apart? Is it for our own glory? No. It is so that we might proclaim his excellencies. The excellencies of the one who called us to what? To his marvelous light. Whose light is it? It's not my light. Ultimately, it's his light shining through me. On my own, I'd still be in darkness. On my own, I, I have no light to shine. And yet, when I allow the light of God's word to guide my path, to expose me and transform me from the inside out, I can make that my light. His light is now my light that I might shine it to the world around me. This requires that, that we stand out, that we be different, that we be a peculiar people, a holy nation. Romans 12 and verse 2 says that we are not to be conformed to this world, but to be transformed by the renewing of our minds. I think sometimes when we think about the concept of shining our lights, of, of living the Christian life, of being different from the world around us, we look at the world and we see its darkness and we see how, how sinful it is and we think, well, you know, how, how can we shine our light in, in an environment such as this? Well, the, the entire point of, of shining light is that there is a contrast between the character that God produces within us and the character of the world around us. We, we shouldn't think that, that the, the wickedness and the darkness of the world around us is, is going to make it so much harder to shine our lights. In, in a way, that, that gives us a much greater opportunity to, to shine forth God's character in contrast to the darkness of the world around us. And so we need to take every opportunity um, to, to brightly shine his character in our works and in our deeds. In, in a way that, that the world will, will see it and will recognize it. Um, and I think sometimes we think, you know, well, um, you know, I, I go to church and I, I read my Bible and I, and I pray and, and the world's going to see that. Well, certainly that's part of living the Christian life, being who God wants us to be, a very important part of developing my relationship with him, my obligation to his people. But I think primarily here, you know, the, the, the world is not going to look at me and say, well, you know, you, you don't do this and you don't do that and you, you know, spend an hour at church, I, you know, uh, I, I want to be like that. Primarily, they're going to see the love of God, his mercy. Uh, they're, they're going to see our good works. And so we need to make sure that as we live from day to day, as we interact with the world around us, his character is evident in the way that we serve others, uh, in the way that we uh, act and speak from day to day. 
But it's not just about our good deeds. As we think of shining our lights, um, if all that the world ever sees is my good deeds and my good character, uh, they might just say, well, Grady's a really great guy. I really like him. You know, he, he's nice. He is kind. He's considerate. And yet, what was the goal in Matthew 5? That they might see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. How is that going to happen? It's not just going to happen by good works within itself. There has to be a connection made between my good works and the God who created them. The God who formed me, who made me as his masterpiece, that I might live forth his good works. Turn in your Bibles to Philippians chapter 2. Philippians chapter 2 is another passage that refers to this idea of shining our lights. And at the beginning of this passage in, in verse 14, he talks about this aspect of character that we were talking about. In verse 14, he specifically says, Do all things without grumbling or disputing, verse 15, so that you will prove yourselves to be blameless and innocent, children of God above reproach in the midst of a crooked and perverse generation, among whom you appear as lights in the world. But notice the sentence doesn't end there. Verse 16, Holding fast the word of life, so that in the day of Christ I will have reason to glory because I did not run in vain nor toil in vain. It's not just maintaining the, the character that is shining our lights, but he continues that thought in verse 16, holding fast, or some of the older versions say, holding forth the word of life. Where did this light come from? It didn't come from me. It came from God. It came from God working within me. And so how am I going to draw people's attention towards bringing him glory? I'm going to connect the dots. I'm going to show them where that light is coming from, the light that has transformed my life. And so we can't truly shine our lights unless we are shining the light of God's word. We need to connect our actions to God and to his word. 2 Corinthians chapter 4. 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 5 through 7. Notice Paul's attitude as he sought to shine God's light to the world around him. 2 Corinthians 4, starting in verse 5, we read, For we do not preach ourselves, but Christ Jesus as Lord, and ourselves as your bondservants for Jesus' sake. For God, who said, Light shall shine out of darkness, is the one who has shown in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Christ. But we have this treasure in earthen vessels, so that the surpassing greatness of the power will be of God and not from ourselves. Where did this light come from? This light of the glory of God, light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Christ. It came from the one who created light in the beginning. The one who by his power said, let there be light, and it was. That is the one who has produced the light within us. And Paul wanted to make it very evident this light isn't for me. I didn't come up with it. I, I didn't, you know, find it on my own. God is the one who has given it. And this treasure in verse 7, it's not me. It's what God has put within me. You know, if, if, if you were uh, 
digging for, for treasure, if you were exploring, and all of a sudden you found this, this great treasure and all these pots, what, would you stop and say, oh, these pots, they're so nice. I, I think I'll, I'll pour out this treasure. I'm going to take this pot home. Is that how? No. No, it's just a pot. It's not about me. I, I'm just a, a vessel, a container that God and his goodness and his righteousness has filled with his character. That's the light. That's where it is. And so if we're going to walk in the light as he is in the light, if we're going to walk as children of light, we need to let God guide us. We need to let him expose us and transform us. We need to let him shine from within out to the world around us that he might receive the glory. Are you letting the light of God's truth, the light of God's wisdom, the light of God's presence work within your life? Are you allowing it to convict you and transform you and purify you? Is it showing in your life from day to day, in your actions, in your words, and sharing the light of the gospel with the world around you? In 1 John chapter 1 and verse 7, we're told if we walk in the light as he himself is in the light, we will have fellowship with one another, and the blood of Jesus' his Son will cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Brother, if you want to be cleansed from your sins, if you want to uh, be pure and holy in the eyes of God and have a hope of spending an eternity in his presence, in this new heaven and new earth where righteousness dwells, then we have to walk in the light as he is in the light. We have to be following after his light, allowing it to transform our lives. Are you doing that today? If, if you recognize there's some area in your life that, that you haven't allowed God to, to do his work within you, that you're resisting, that, that you're pulling the covers back over your head, won't you get up? Won't you awake, O sleeper, and let Christ shine on you? If there's some change that you need to make today that we can help you make in any way, we ask that you'll let us know at this time as we sing.